The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Cloaked in secrecy, they show up without warning. State their business, then vanish as quickly as they appear. Are you ready for the sex girls? Not that I believe in it, but mm-hmm. I can see that. But I, these guys are dumb freaking nerds. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. I can't find his album, your friend's album, anywhere. Do you know the name of his album? Uh, it, I don't know. It's not on his It's Twitter. coming out maybe Thursday. Okay. Maybe yeah. he's not. He's not one to promote. But we are. This is the Boogie Monster with Kyle and Dave. <laughs> I tricked you again. Oh, damn we it. We started already. Oh, you bastard. What's, yeah, going, what's I, going on, buddy? I had a po- poke bowl today. You had a poke bowl? Yeah. Man, those are fun. It was like uh, it was like somebody kicked some sushi into a bowl. <laughs> I like uh, I like. Is it how do you pronounce that? Is it pokey, poke, poke? I like pokey, pokey, just because it's fun. Yeah, I like that, man. I, I didn't know what the, that that is. That a new trend? Like you should open a pokey pokey bowl place called Gumby's Friend. Was, was pokey Gumby's friend? Yeah, he was the horse. I don't, I don't remember. Call it Gumby's horse. Gumby, was that Gumby's a cartoon? Horse, a seafood restaurant. <laughs> I remember Gumby, but I don't remember Stop Animation. Stop Animation, okay. Yeah, like the uh, like the classic uh Santa Claus, whatever the Santa Claus one was coming. Do you have a catchphrase? Gumby? Yeah. No. No. Eddie Murphy playing Gumby on Saturday Night Live. That was, was funny. Like, Gumby, damn it. That was funny. Yeah. But uh regular Gumby never said that because it was for children. Mm-hmm. Because it was for children. What'd you have on your Poke Bowl? Man, I didn't even know what to do. I was wearing my Hot Ones uh, t-shirt, and the guy's like, all right, I'll give you the sauce on the side. And it was like, it was some like ass kicker sauce. And I was like trying to be cool about it because I was wearing my Hot Ones t-shirt. He profiled you based on your t-shirt. Well, he, he's like, you, you're, he put it on the side. He didn't uh-huh. fuck up my meal with it. But that's funny that he would like, oh. Because like, I asked him, like, oh, Ponzu Fire sauce. Like, I figured because of the shirt. I never remember. You ever do that in the middle of the day? Try to remember, like, without looking down, what you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's happened to me a lot. I'll sit there for like an hour, not knowing which underpants I got on. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I never really think about that. But exactly, I have that's... no idea what underpants I have on right now. You can't think of it. No idea. That's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. They're on your body. You're on. They're on the most sensitive parts of your body. It's true. I'm trying to think real hard. Are you wearing them? Yeah, I'm wearing them. Nope, I got nothing. I have no idea. Well, see, that's something that now that's going to bug you until mm-hmm. you find out. I'll pause the recording if you want to. I mean, I guess you could look in front of me. Wow, you went under the shorts. I went under. Over. That's off-putting. Eh, just some dumb old black ones. This almost sounded like the worst Mac Weldon promo. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they're giving us any more free shit. Oh man, I enjoyed that forty-five pair, forty-five dollar pair of underwear I got from them. Yeah. Ugh. <clears throat> yeah, well, that, well, I guess that's not. Yep. I guess we're not, we're not sponsored by them anymore. Yeah, I forget what I say sometimes. That's all right, man. I like a good poke bowl, dude. Yeah, it's fish. just deconstructed sushi, right? Yeah, it's, it's the fish, and you get it on a bed of, of whatever you want mm-hmm. on the bed to be. I did brown rice to being <laughs> healthy, but it's just a bunch. It's like Subway. You yeah. still just walk through and get all. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit put off by scoopable fish. Hmm. Why? Like when it's just in the bins. What's the difference? Presentation. Mm-hmm. I would think you would respect that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. I mean, if a, if a sushi place. It's like in the shelf in the cooler, 
And this is just in the scoopable tubs, like when you're going in line at Chipotle. I gotcha. But it's fish chunks. And it's raw. Yeah, it's raw fish chunks in a scoopable bin. They've got the uh, they got and, the pokey bar at uh, Gelson's across the way. And we so just, that's just unattended uh-huh. fish. Yeah, unattended. Yeah, I don't... Ever since I saw a kid just hookshot his hand straight into the pudding at a Wendy's buffet, I'm always a little bit leery. What do you mean? <laughs> like, remember when Wendy's used to have a little buffet in it? Mega bar. Mega bar. Was it mega bar or super bar? You got me. It's one or the other. I remember that, though. But uh, but they would have pudding. Uh-huh. And this kid was just doing that, like, hook shot. Like, he was too short to see what was up there. So he just had his hand just hook shot into whatever he could throw. Just bare hand? Yeah. Just just throwing, just like, you know, throwing his hand up. Just just monkey grabbing up there. And once he hit that, that wet slap of the pudding, he stayed put and just... Off the hand. Off the hand. I don't even think he had parents. I think I think he just wandered in there and just, found a place to survive. Just running amok in the Wendy's. Yeah. Just croutons and chocolate pudding. I think about that a lot. Which is which is like a fondue if you think about That's it. That's true. I'm a big fan of the buffet, so No shit, Dave. <laughs> no surprise there. Uh but I, I do think like some people are very off put by the concept of a buffet for that exact reason. You just got a bunch of mouth breathers sneezing all about. Yeah. And, you know. Chuck Aram was the best presentation of a buffet, yeah. it seemed. I went to a buffet today. Yeah. Um, I went to an Asian buffet. Oh yeah. Uh the one uh Western and Sunset. It's King Buffet. Um yeah, a little, little, just just one block south of Sunset on Western. Okay. Uh, solid, a little overpriced for lunch, but um, I go there, you know, quite often. But I saw, you know, they got the the servers there. They don't really serve, but they just, you know, Bring they, water they see and see you and then the away. yeah, and uh, but they were all standing like up on the wall, like like mm-hmm. security guards, like just kind of stoic and poised, just kind of observing the room, and uh, two of them. Well, got in a fight, not a physical fist fight, but you could tell. And they they were all Asian. And I'm not gonna try to do the, do you know smart move. Yeah, I'm not gonna try to do the impression. But uh, she kept saying this one word over and over, and I'm not gonna do it because there's no way I can do it without sounding like you know we've well, been but, through but there. But so what's the word? Uh, it was just like a syllable. I can't. Even, I don't even remember. I can't do it now because it'll just sound like Ching Chong or whatever. Uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Well, but yeah, uh, I think it's even worse than just trying to say the actual word you heard. <laughs> cut. Um, no way, man. That's staying in. I won't let Katie cut that. But no, she just kept saying one word over and over. And you could tell they were like – and one lady was saying one syllable word and the other lady was saying another one syllable word. It was just uh, like – Could you tell what it was? I had no idea. And for the – okay, I'll, I'll, I'll substitute both words for A and B. Just okay. so it doesn't look like I sound like I'm trying, but one was just like a a a, and the other was b b b b, and like <laughs> they were like pissed, and like it was the intensity of like in 15 seconds this is going to come to blows, like somebody, and and sure enough, a third party, a third uh, server uh, had to intervene, really? but like just two short little you know 30 year old women just pissed. Like on the clock at work in uniform in front of a full dining room, just bitching at each other, and uh, it was fun to watch. I, I uh, was stereotyped that I was told was that uh, uh, Chinese people are particularly loud mm-hmm. of the Asian. Uh, oh, the Chinese are the loudest of the Asians. That's what I was told. Interesting. 
<clears throat> and uh, I would I have no proof of that. Mm-hmm. The only experience I had was in Korea going to the DMZ on a tour bus. There was Chinese people on that particular bus, and they were loud. Hmm. They did insist on screaming in each other's faces. The the two people may have been getting along that you were t- that you saw, <laughs> and the third one might have been jealous of how, what a great conversation they were having. Anyway, there you go. I, I buried you out for dug you out from saying <sighs> ching chong, and went with Asian people are loud, Chinese people are loud. Hmm. <clears throat> um, so, all right. Well, that's how we started this one. Yeah. Well, we, uh, I didn't. I was told they were loud. I had one experience where I, they were Chinese people and they were loud. That's not. That's not how you uh, create facts. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! So what's going on? <laughs> what's going on today, buddy? Oh, man, I had my 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 poke bowl. Uh huh. And that was about... Ooh, you know what I did? I watched a movie last night, Dave. Well, I watched most of it. Movies are cool. Yeah. It was called, like, What the what the Bleep Do... It's like, What the... And they had all the things... I've seen that one. That did was, you watch that? Well, that's been out for about ten years. Oh. Unless it's part two or three or something, but With I saw Marley that about... Matlin? I believe so. Yeah. I saw that one about ten years ago. And that was like... It was kind of the forefront... Not the forefront, but it was maybe at least in my own little bubble, like, one of the first, like... Counterculture, you know, existentialism type uh, documentaries. There's been a lot of them since then, but that was one of the first ones I saw. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, what, what are they talking about?" Um, ten years late, and I watched it while I was high. But what, I, what'd you learn? Uh, well, I was just pretty fascinated with the, uh, but mostly about quantum physics. Uh huh. Because that's again, that's entering the world of science and math that I'm always going to just be like, "Well, I'm SOL with this stuff." Mm-hmm. But to see like. See all the people just kind of explain it. it's about the physics of possibility and about you know like you know in in, in the having done mushrooms not a, a million times but enough times to be like oh yeah understanding that God is a molecular concept and that we're all made of these things and that's why God is everywhere and that's and the one woman was like like she's really intense. In it, and like like the most arrogant concept is to think that we are made in the image of a higher being called mm-hmm. God as the most conceited human concept. It's like no, yeah, God exists in molecular structure, and that's why we're all. And that that the idea we can change things through thought, uh, not like in a psychic way, but the I'm paraphrasing something I w- watched half of last mm-hmm. night <laughs> after some weed. Yeah. But also the way they explain addiction and how it's, you know, you have these neuro maps. And the neuro maps that, like, it's the, the, shit, man. I'm trying to, to give a dipshit's a summary of it. Well, that's what we but, do. You know, like neuro pathways that connect, like, mm-hmm. oh boy, I get pleasure when I have a drink. Uh-huh. And so neuro pathways connect together, those little, like, uh, synapses that go, like, oh, a drink, that equals pleasure. Mm-hmm. And how, like, how addiction is a, Chemical is a scientific thing. It's not an emotion. Just stop drinking. Those pathways become uh, so locked into one another that that's the only way that, oh, that's the only way. Joy is only associated with alcohol, and that's the electronic synapse that happens in your mind, Mm -hmm. and that's what addiction is. It's like, oh, you're not happy unless that electronic synapse is is stimulated by alcohol because you formed that neuromap. Hmm. And the only way to break addiction is to break that neuromap and how to disassociate pleasure with these with uh, 
whatever you're addicted to, sex, uh, it's, people are addicted to love, people to food, alcohol, drugs, all those things is to break those that, that map up, break mm-hmm. that map apart so those synapses aren't constantly firing as the only way to experience joy. I was like, oh, wow, that was... Uh, I found it very informative. I'm going to go watch it again mm-hmm. with a little more clear mind. But I thought, for me, watching that whole shot-in-the-dark garbage series on scumbags who oh i watched crash. that yeah just it's a very watchable series it's very well it's a, done it's about despicable people well despicable people who also don't think who really think they're doing a service for the world i mean Which the one guy did you see the one guy saved the dude from a burning car yeah that was yeah. that was commendable well, of all the things mm-hmm. that you could do, like, yeah, okay, that guy was commendable, mm-hmm. and that guy quit. Oh, it's I only watched, like, two episodes. Yeah, because he was like, oh, this is too much for me. Hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's, the, um, it's the documentary version, the real-life version of that movie, of, Nightcrawler. Of Nightcrawler. Yeah. And you watch Nightcrawler, and you think that Jake Gyllenhaal character is like, this is almost unreal that somebody's gross like that in the yeah. world. And like, oh, no. They're there, and here's a documentary about it. Yeah. And the one dude, Scott Lane, the extra scummy dude with, like, News Life tattooed on his yeah, knuckle, yeah. that fucking uh-huh. goober, he, uh, uh, what was the, oh, man, I don't know the whole story. Who was the guy they thought, the DNC intern or whoever was working that, like, died in a car crash in Hollywood? I missed that one. Yeah, it was, like, some conspiracy. I think he was murdered. Remember it happened? During the election, he was like speeding down La Brea at La Brea in Santa Monica, and his car like, was going so fast at a tree, and his car exploded. Wow! And that guy just happened to have his dash cam rolling at a gas station and caught him speeding by. Now, is that a coincidence, or is he like some kind of? Did somebody contact the scummiest like disinformation guy? Like, hey man, roll your cameras. Some shit's going down. And then nobody's going to believe him. He's like, oh, yeah, man, I got inside scoop. Huh. I wonder. It, it was, I'm going to look up his name right now. That's interesting. DNC staffer. But it was, that was a whole uh, Alex Jones thing. Like, he was murdered because he found uh, Seth Rich. That's the guy. Seth Rich. And the, in the, they think he was a... Uh, oh, no, that was a guy who was shot... I mean, I, I didn't realize I was going to wind up talking about this. Yeah. But it was a guy whose car, like, he was crashed and they found meth in him or something. Eh. I watched a movie the other day. What did you watch? Haven't seen this movie in no shit 20 years. And I loved it back then. And I haven't seen it anywhere. I, I've looked for it since then. It, it hasn't been on any of the streaming platforms or anything. Men at Work. Dude, Men at Work... I was one of the only movies I know knew every line. To. Mm-hmm. Great dark comedy. And I, when I was watching it again this time, I realized I neither one of those guys are particularly funny at all uh, on their own. Michael Hastings, by the way. Michael Hastings was the car. Oh, okay. Charlie Sheen, not funny. Emilio Estevez, not necessarily funny. But, man, together with that storyline, like... It's such a good dark comedy, and it's it, it, how come it never gets played anywhere? I've ne- I haven't seen it in twenty years. Never I, on cable. Never on any I, of the you stuff. You know what? I don't know either. And you know who's the best in that is Keith David. 
Which one is he? The boss. When he rides oh. around, the guy oh, with the black Vietnam dude? flashbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good in everything all the time. Previously worked with Charlie Sheen in Platoon. Was he also mm-hmm. in uh, Something About Mary? Yeah, he was, yeah. Dad, he was uh, yep. the Cameron Diaz's stepdad. Dad, yeah. yeah, but him like him having his flashbacks yeah. when they when they kidnapped the pizza guy, the, yeah. pin- the pizza guy, um, Dean Cameron from Summer School fame. Huh? If I'm mm, am I correct? Let me double check. Dean Cameron, uh, fucking man at work. Maybe I'm wrong. I am not wrong. There he is. Yeah. Pizza Man knows too much. <laughs> yeah, man. That that movie, the fact that the, the two, uh, like, uh, everybody, like, all the side character, the two white Rasta guys. Yep. It's shit. It's just <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that movie. So, yeah. Movie. Emilio Estevez, though. Emilio Estevez. In the 80s. I mean, you couldn't argue with him in uh, in Breakfast Club. Yeah. Repo Man. Yeah, Repo Man. I forgot about you that. Know, Charlie Sheen was doing good and did comedy with the Hot Shots. Major League. Yeah. Major League. Yeah. I'm just saying that they do well in well-written comedy. Neither one of them are particularly funny on their own. They're not yeah. necessarily funny people. But, you know, given the right role, yeah. uh, they, they can both do well. Um, Two brothers, garbage men that uncover a, 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 a government conspiracy, cover-up mm-hmm. to hide toxic waste. A very 80s storyline, toxic yeah. waste. Yeah. And they're half-brothers, correct? I don't know about that. I mean, they're brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Estevez was the family name. Okay. Or maybe it's not. Because they don't necessarily look too much alike. They both look like their pop. But I don't see... I, I wouldn't... If I just saw them two out, you know, at a gathering, I wouldn't I wouldn't assume they were brothers. I think maybe they're half-brothers. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that Emilio Estevez. I thought he was always funny. Yeah, what's, uh, what's he doing now? He was married to Paula Abdul in 1992 to 1994. Good for him. Right in the straight-up Don't Tell Me days. Or no, right after the straight-up Don't Good Tell Me. Good song. I think it was more of the MC Scat Cat days. 12-year-old Dave was a big fan. Paula Abdul did it for you? Yeah. She was all right. We're the same age. Yeah. Let's see, 12 years old is 89. Mm-hmm. What was going on? In right in her prime. What was going on in 89, 90? I don't remember. I don't remember who. I... Her and Janet Jackson, when uh, Janet put out that, uh, what was the big record she had, like in 89, 90? Had a ton of hits on it. That was like, uh, that was right before I got into rock and roll. So like dumb 10, 11, 12-year-old Dave. Whatever's on the hit top 40 station, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think I was stunted. I don't think I got into it. I like the song. I still like the song. <coughs> Not bad. Well, um, yeah, that's a good... Uh, yeah, Dean Cameron's a pizza guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what other cameras... But Keith David... Anytime Keith David's in something, I'm like, this mm-hmm. is going to be all right. Yeah. That guy from that movie. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this guy... Like, everybody else is kind of like, all right, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a garbage. But he's like, oh, you... I believe you. You're scary through yeah. this whole thing. Yeah, he was intense. Don't you know that when a flashlight hits a cement, it makes a completely different sound than a revolver? <laughs> that's when the cops pull him over. <laughs> Oh, bastard gets no food. I told you, no other lines. <laughs> oh man, I got some culture last week. What'd you do? 
went to a play. Was it a was it a play of Minute Work? No, was it a theatrical recreation of Minute Work. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would like to see that. No, nah, the uh, the girlfriend drug me to a a, a proper play. Uh, went to the Amason Theater downtown. You ever been down there? It's like uh, right next to some big opera house. They got that's Theater Row. I don't know what's what down there. Like it was uh, it was impressive. Uh, a play called Bright Star. And uh, I, you know what? I honestly can't remember ever going. I think this may have been my first visit to an actual professional play. I've been to like community theater and high school stuff and whatnot, but I, I don't think I've ever paid money to watch professional actors perform in a play. And um, you went to a play, and I went to a football game. Yeah, You're really getting a piece of. Yeah, it. and uh, man, it was boring as shit. <laughs> I was I was on board. I was like, all right, let's do this. And I mean, it wasn't boring. Like I appreciated the production. Like like just watching the actual production, the way they would you know change the sets and all that. It was a musical. That was a problem. Yeah. Musicals. I'm good with a musical for about seven minutes, and then I'm like, knock it off. What are they singing about? Just calm down. You know what? That's my dad always like. Oh, I can't believe it if we start breaking into song. I'm like, but you can believe it if the spaceship takes off from the from Mars. What, what do you mean? How are those two connected? Because fucking just let it go. You're watching a piece of fiction. Well, it's not that I can't believe it. I just it just bores me. You know, it's just you know I don't know, but like. I appreciated the production. You get a concert, you get a play, you get a both. The story, and did I say it was called Bright Star? And uh, it was set like uh, it jumped around. It's the, the storyline jumped for, uh, in and out of about a twenty-year window, from like uh, 1923 to 1945 or something like that. And it was okay. It was about. It was just it was set in the South and these like snotty aristocrats and two young lovers and. And, you know, they're like 17, 18, and the girl gets pregnant, and both families are like, oh, no, what are we going to do? This is, you know, out of wedlock and blah, 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 and just, you know, what are we going to do? And finally, not to spoil it, if anybody gives a shit about going to see Bright Star. <laughs> yeah, our target demo loves the theater. This this real prim and proper snooty aristocrat father, the father of the boy. Anybody out there farting into a bowl of mac and cheese thinking about going to take in some live theater, cover your ears. They want her to have an abortion. She's like, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, well, maybe we can ship you out of town and you can have the baby there and then give it up for adoption. And then that's what happens. And then as soon as she has the baby, uh, the the father's father uh, takes the baby and he's going to say, all right, well, I'm going to go take it to a, 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 a orphanage or adoption agency or something. Mm-hmm. And he's on a train. And he's got the baby like in a little kind of uh, not a suitcase, but like a like a medical bag or something like something a doctor would carry around an old timey doctor okay. making house calls. But a closed a closed piece of yeah yeah it was closed. And then the dad, or the grandpa at this point, which yeah the grandpa of the baby, he's got the baby in the little bag and he's out on like uh, the train, but like the kind of the balcony part, yeah, like yeah. the outside the part, terrace, yeah. and he throws the fucking baby <laughs> off the moving. Train. Train. He threw baby from the train. He threw baby how's from that the train. Not the name of this plane. And like, plane. and they did it really cool. Like, you know, you think how are they going to do that in a live production? They did something where he's up there on this platform and he's got the suitcase and he he makes the throwing motion. Then it goes black and then they have another suitcase hovering, you know, through the air real slow. So it like slows down. And uh, <laughs> but he threw this. <laughs> 
murdered a fucking baby. What's the one? Who, who got put in the river in the Bible? Oh, uh, oh, that was Moses. Is this like an aggressive Moses? <laughs> but like, this play was called "Throw Baby from the Train" or "Agro Moses." <laughs> they, I would be, I would be on board. And uh, but here's the twist: not to the play, but to the evening. Girlfriend. Uh, my girlfriend is uh, she. She's uh, an amateur actress and improv improviser and sketch, and so she's really kind of into all the sketch and theater, that whole world. And she really wanted to see this, and she's like, "Oh, I know that you know." She's like, "I know you don't give a shit about this, but it'd mean a lot if you come with yeah. me." And, and she's a good sport. She sits there every Sunday and lets me watch football at her house. Doesn't complain. Doesn't give a shit about football, but lets me. So I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go to this fucking play with you. I don't give a shit." And. Uh, <laughs> He's a real sensitive. Come intermission, <laughs> she's the one that's like, let's get the hell out of here. And I'm like, what? Like, no, I, I, I'm getting full credit for this. You know, I, I want full credit. For, and she's like, and I'm like, don't do this on my behalf. Like, I'm, I'm bored as shit, but I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. But she's like, nah, I'm done. And so I only had to go to half the play. What was the choice to go to that play? Uh, I think it was just like a Groupon thing. I think I think she just she had been wanting to go to a play yeah. and like she found a deal on tickets and yeah, stuff. Rachel and I went to one too, and I was like, "All right, got recommended, and we'll, we'll have a special night out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to it was at uh, UCLA, so we're gonna go to Westwood. We went to some uh, some restaurant like I don't know up up in the Hollywood. The, oh, the, the Herb Alpert Jazz Grill. We went to Ooh, a Jazz yeah. Grill. So that was pretty good. We got steaks." Steaks and cocktails at a jazz grill. All Herb Albert's albums back in the day, smoking hot ladies on the cover. Oh, with the whipped cream on it. Oh, uh, boy. And, uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I remember that stuff. Oh, boy. They weren't there. Yeah, okay. At the grill. No, damn it. But the steak was pretty good. Cool. Uh-huh. And then we went over to the, we went over to the, uh, the play, and uh, it's one of those things where people start off like, oh, like, oh, like, well, like when a little bit of comedy comes into it, mm-hmm. people are like, ha, ha, ha. And then the comedy that was very efforted. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was like recommended it's at this UCLA playhouse and it's packed. And we leave and I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And then I'm, I'm like, well. And she goes, yeah, I play fucking sucked. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> all right, let's talk about it. That's funny. I will say this, Bright Star. Steve Martin did all the music. I, I, he wasn't performing any of it. He wasn't there. But apparently he wrote. So I, I enjoyed the music, um, the way they had that set up. There was like this rickety little shack log cabin thing on stage the whole time. When was it set? Uh, it was set like in the 20s and 30s. So it had a very, oh, brother, where art thou, where art thou vibe. Back when throwing a baby off a train was a form of birth control. <laughs> but it had a lot of great like depression era uh, mountain folk country music, which I love. Banjo, so, I so the live music was really good. A lot of banjo, a lot of mandolin, stuff like that. So the music was good, but just the story just kind of bored me until they murdered the baby. And then I was like, and that was right before intermission. Yeah, that's that's they, finally that's when I was like, going to get you back. In and the I was like, half. yeah. And then, and then unbeknownst to me, uh, gal was like, nah, let's get that. That's out like here. when you throw a dirty joke in the middle of the set to see if they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I got my dick up my own asshole the other day. Oh, all right. All right. Back on track. Here we go. Oh, well, we're not saying don't go see theater. Mm hmm. It's less creepy as an adult to just wander into theater than I think it would be to go by yourself and watch like a, a little league game. Yeah, because I always thought that would be a wholesome thing. Like, let's see some kids living their dreams, and mm-hmm. I'll just go 
And it's always after like a few beers, if like when I was living by a park. I'm like, I could watch a little league game. Like, man, in your head that's wholesome, but to everyone else who has kids, you can't do that. I've done that a lot with soccer. Yeah. You know, being a van dweller, spend a lot of time in the park. And uh, more than once I've been just sitting in the park watching a bunch of eight year olds play soccer and then have occasionally the concerned parent will walk by the van one too many times with a concerned look, and I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't realize how creepy this looks. Hey, y'all in my house, all right, so fuck off. <laughs> oh, man. What if there's just an adult that just, like, gets, like, whole heart, like, like a professional sports team, but just gets, like, the, like... The Burbank Cheetahs, like, make their fan. jerseys. Yeah, like... That doesn't have a kid playing? Yeah, yeah, just tours. That's funny. Just follows them on tour. Like, yeah, you got this one, Timmy! Like, whose dad is that? Like, I don't know. He just shows up to the game. Just a fan of the sport. I uh, Going back real quick to the play, I was absolutely the uh, worst-dressed person at that entire play. Oh, really? I forgot that it was kind of a fancy affair. And uh, just... I had on jeans, so that was an effort. Didn't have on shorts. Put some long pants on. Put long pants. And I had a hoodie, but uh, and I, I smuggled in. I smuggled in some candy bars. So, yeah, I don't think they punish you for bringing yeah. candy at a play. <laughs> it's a more of a movie thing. Yeah, they had a, a bar there. Fourteen dollars for a well bourbon and coke. Well, high, the, high society, man. Theaters and football. Mm. High society, man. Football is fourteen dollars for a tall Budweiser. Yeah. That's not, not high society. Let's not blame high society. What am I sticking up for high society all of a sudden? Hey, don't go blaming my people. Oh, man. Well, hey, before we get into the topic real quick, I wanted to uh, show you this thing. Did you get the text I sent you last night? Have you been t- You've been texting me from the computer, so it just always says... Maybe Dave Stone. Oh, really? And it's fun because that makes it even more suspicious <laughs> when it's a theory that you have and it says maybe Dave Stone on my phone. Is that like, what that means? Uh, I, well, I think because it's if, you, if you're sending it from your computer. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jay Larson texted me the other day. He wanted my mashed potatoes recipe. Yeah. And it said maybe Jay Larson. I'm like, well, how the hell would you know? Because it's, it's, if it's coming from my phone, it's coming from the contacts. But it's coming from the, from the computer. Uh-huh. It's guessing. Like, well, it's the address that you've used before for other things. Okay. But it, was it about the football player? Did you watch that play? Yeah. I couldn't figure it out, but I figure he's an athlete. Dude. No, Who that, is it? that goes that? beyond... All right, uh, Buffalo Bills wide receiver Zay Jones. Uh, last week they were playing the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and just kind of a routine play. Uh, he's a wide receiver, so he's I'll watch it again. He ran towards the end zone to try to catch a pass. He dives for it, misses the pass, but then when he gets up, it looks like he just he die he lays out, he dives, falls on his chest, goes sliding a few yards, and instead of just gathering himself. And getting up like a normal person or even a normal athlete would, it looks like someone stopped and rewound the tape. It, it lo- does. And even the receiver who or the defensive back who was covering him, he even like had this look on his face like, what the shit? It looked like some Matrix bullshit. I'm looking. I'm watching it right now. It's really, I mean, look at that. It looks like they rewound the tape, but Our they foot, did. I was thinking, football helmets heavy. They're, they're they're not they're not comfortable. Yeah, they're they're a little is it clunky. Like where I can throw the weight of the helmet back. 
enough to lift his I mean, whole body up. I've never seen anything like that. I'm, I keep watching it over and over again, and it's not... You're not impressed by that? I am impressed. Okay. I mean, that's incredibly bizarre. I can explain away every fucking UFO video you throw at me. <laughs> For, but to, this... To describe it, in one motion, he kind of does a push-up, and then halfway up on the push-up, it looks like he, he, he uses his knee... To kind of spring himself backwards. Yeah. And then with his ankles, just kind of does an about face. Mm-hmm. It looks like the what Michael Jackson video was that. Yeah. When he's like nailed to the floor or something, and he's moving all around. That's why I say it looks like Michael Jackson. It's like, huh. I can't, I can't figure out where it is. Like, I don't know how the hell he did that. Unless his... You know what it is? It looks like his back knee when you're looking at it. His left knee uh-huh. also touches the ground, but it doesn't, like, it's like an optical illusion, but that's the knee that's pushing him up. Uh-huh. Boom. Like, I think that's I think that's it, but it looks, because it's all on the green, you can't get any depth perception from it. Uh-huh. I don't know, but it's impressive looking. And that got me thinking. And nobody's like, you know what he do is fake a football guy getting <laughs> off the ground. It's yeah. Like, no, we got to fake Bigfoot videos. No, so this, it, this it's is not. What I believe. It's not fake, and it's not doctored because the the defender even looks like, what the hell just mm-hmm. happened? And no one else is going in reverse or anything, but it looks just mm-hmm. like he's going in reverse, like they if, rewound the tape. If you watch it and think that his left knee is the one pushing him up. It looks like his right knee is the one that's but doing that, it. But look at it like it's his left knee doing it. Let me see. After his right knee's on the ground and his left knee hits to push up. Okay. Like that. Okay, hold on. Boom, right there. Okay. But even that. It's I mean, still. Yeah, these guys are all world-class athletes, but I, that still doesn't look possible. So it got me thinking. The most believable, mystical thing we've seen. Got me thinking. I've always been interested in this concept, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit here and there. What is that? But uh, what if he's a alien on Earth? Aliens walking amongst us. All right. Well, all right. So the alien is going to go through mm-hmm. one of the most difficult induction processes. Not difficult if you've got alien superpowers. But what? So he's been an alien since you know birth. Who knows? Who knows? Well, he wasn't just an alien. Like what's his name? The guy we wanted to talk about today. No, this yeah. guy. Oh, this We're guy. Talking about this guy's name is Zay Jones. Like Zay Jones just showed up to the NFL. Like I'd like to play for your football organization. They're like, well, usually we watch people all through high school and then college. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, but I'm an alien, so just let me play. Well, he probably said, hey, watch this. Well, but so why? Well, like, well, I'm not saying he's an alien. I'm saying this physical feat reminded me of the concept of. Superhuman beings. All right, but if he's superhuman, wouldn't he be like also the best football player as opposed to being the guy who can get up the best from being knocked down? He's a rookie. He's just getting started. So you know. (laughs) I mean, I guess. Well, well, I'm giving too much credit to aliens. Like Mm -hmm. aliens are going to come down and just be good at football. Aliens could fucking suck at sports. That'd be funny if they were good at football, though. Just. Just a linebacker, just destroying people. Runs like a four-two forty. I know that didn't mean anything to you, but uh, I think it's funnier if they're terrible at sports, but they, <laughs> they inhabit the bodies of our athletes. Just some three foot 
gray alien just getting destroyed, that, getting the, dunked on. The aliens have to come back, and they, but they can't take on a new form. They have to inhabit a current form, and they all are smart enough to pick regular, like, just average people. Remember, blend in, everybody. We don't want to stand out. One guy's like, I play for the 49ers. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? No. You're supposed I, to keep it I down low. I told low. you. Mid, mid-level jobs. We need to organize and infiltrate. You got fucking game on Sunday. You don't even know what the sport is. <laughs> you were, I would always have, like, I've done jokes about it, but like, if I had to switch places with somebody, like, you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, just, just, you know, like, I'll just in the middle of a day be like, you know what, I could use some unfounded terror to stoke my imagination. <laughs> And I will. Like I've done the joke. But uh-huh. It's like, a great just, bit. But just but in without the joke part, like watch somebody be like, "What if you had to switch with them right now?" Mm-hmm. Just any. But what if you had to switch with that person right now? And I, I make the joke is about a semi truck driver. But I'm in awe of that of that mm-hmm. driving that massive Absolutely. thing. And then in your joke, are you, are you the one that talks about like people getting impatient and honking at him and? Like, yeah, yeah. like when you see an eighteen wheeler blocking all lanes of traffic so he can back into the grocery store, just relax. Give him a few seconds. Yeah, that's how your food gets. Yeah, there. and that's, that's when you see it in a city. Like, yeah, or when I go by the like like docks like in Long Beach or something with a big container, yeah, loaders, or just look at like a crane downtown mm-hmm. and imagine the beginning of your day. Like you're going up how many sets of stairs for exercise? Yeah. Now look at what they have to climb. It's not an elevator. Yeah. That's stairs to the top of that crane. Just so we can go to work. That, that's your day. Yeah. That's like a that's like getting in the car like pee now. There's you want to talk about piss jugs, Dave. How many piss jugs are thirty stories over your head every time you walk by a construction site? It's true. And somebody pisses you off, I'll throw a gallon of piss off this thing at you. Just I would just go ahead and pee off of it because I feel like it would disperse in such a fine mist by the time it gets to the ground. Nobody's even going to know. You got the guts to go dangling off a 30-story crane with your dick out? I don't care. I'm not afraid of heights. I like heights. All right. Well, like maybe you've got to be a uh, crane up. Like a fat lemur monkey. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the concept. <laughs> oh, animals that shouldn't be fat. <laughs> like just trying to hang on. Like, I can't do this. Like a fat sloth. Like, how did you get fat? How long did it take you to get fat if you're a sloth? What's the funniest fat animal? Ooh, fat cats. Fat cats are funny. Yeah. Just. Ever talk about big damage? No. Oh, that was a cat we had. That's a great name. My mom's the well. It never had a name. The two cats we had, after the ones we officially got, my mom would just feed cats. And she'd be like, oh, I put food on the porch and this cat comes by. I'm like, ooh, I put food inside the house, and the cat came in the house. It's like, yeah, it's a cat. Like, and then we just have a cat, like, through that conditioning process, like, oh, now this is our cat. And it belonged to somebody else in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. But apparently, whoever else, if I don't treat your cat right, cat's going to run out on you. Yeah. Cat come over by the Canaan's house. Uh-huh. Get the good wet food. Yeah. So we got two cats that way. And the first one was just named Kitty. We're like, we can't name it. It's not ours. Lived with us for, like, 12 years. At one point, the kid from down the street like came by and just picked it up. After like two years of it being at her house, 
And my mom was out on the porch. And the kid's like, this is our cat. Its name's Ashley. Like My mom's like, fucking no. It's ours. And nobody names a cat Ashley. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and it never came back again. The kid didn't even want it. And then my mom saw the people. was like, oh, that cat was so mean. It was like the, the best cat in the world. You wear around your neck like a fur. Nice. But then the second one, oh, big damage. This thing was majestic. My parents called it fat ass. I went with big damage. Tegan, my sister, called it tri slots. I don't even know what that means. I think it's just because it had a big asshole. Uh huh. Like a big, uh, like, like, uh, like genitals. Oh yeah. Like it almost looked like it had three slots instead of two. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Tri slots was its name to her, and it would lay down to eat. Nice. Like lay down and then just put its head in the bowl. I respect that. Oh yeah. Took it to the nice, just sweet, big old sweet fatty. Took it to the vet, had like BBs in it and stuff. It should have been mean. It should have been mean. Oh, it had BBs in it. What kind of asshole shoots a cat with a BB gun? Assholes in my neighborhood. Fuck you. And then, but then it was just a big old, just a big old chubber just wanted to hang out with you. Oh man, I love a big fat cat. Yeah. Fat dogs I feel bad for because dogs want to run. Yeah. Cats don't want to be active. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. If you're a fat cat, like you won. Yeah. You did it. You ain't chasing mice anymore. Good for you. Oh, man. Well, should we get into it? I guess. All right, I wanted to talk about the concept. We're going to talk about Val Valiant Thor, who was an alien who apparently came down and lived and worked for the U.S. government. He lived in America. He worked for the U.S. government for three years back back in the 50s. But before we get into that, I was just the over the broader concept, and I've I've heard a lot of uh, rumors and rumbling about this throughout the years. Uh, but just the concept of aliens currently living and walking amongst us that blows my mind. And I always I've always been interested. Like, have you ever done this? Like, I I, I did this even when I was a kid. Like, all right, you're at the mall or you're somewhere where there's a lot of people. I love just people watching. It's one of life's greatest pleasures is just sitting on a park bench and watching people. I love watching people. I do a lot of it in the van. I do a lot of just, just, you know, a lot of surveillance, a lot of just neighborhood watch. I know. You're out there keeping an eye on the streets. And um, But especially like in a busy place. All right. For example, the other day, last week, we went to the the football game. All right. I don't know what the Coliseum holds. That place was about 90% packed. I'd say there was easily 50,000 people there. And just the concept, like think of all the experiences that have made up your life. Mm-hmm. You know, 40 years, how many ever days that is, just all, the, you know, week after month after year of just the, both the mundane and the spectacular and the good and the bad, but just all the experiences and the memories that are stored in your brain mm-hmm. from your life. And to think about when you're sitting there like in that football stadium and to think about that concept – 50,000 times over right here in the same building. Just that much cumulative life experience and life energy. Mm-hmm. That's just, I don't know, that's always fascinated me. Like, like I know my story, my backstory from the time I can remember to present day. Well, let's but, be honest, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fucking TED talk over there. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. But just, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're so, self, everybody's self-involved and, you know, for better or for worse, but like, to just think like, oh, okay, I know the expanse of my life experience. Mm-hmm. And to just think that like times 7 billion, 
Mm-hmm. That blow that just blows my mind that that many experiences and and mm-hmm. and I guess the point I'm leading to is like. I feel like it would be easy to throw in a couple of hundred or a couple thousand aliens into that seven billion, and who would know? You know, because seven billion people in the world, I know about two hundred of them. Well, a thousand of them. All right, but this is hinging on the fact that the aliens are creative enough to blend in. Mm-hmm. Well, why wouldn't they be? Because why do aliens have to be smarter? Well, they don't have to be, but... I mean, there's people that can... You'd have to be smart to come here from other planets and galaxies. We haven't done that. Dumb as shit to come here. (laughs) That's the thing. You could figure out one thing and be great at it and be a fucking idiot about everything else. What if you're an alien who is great with making UFOs Mm -hmm. and traveling other galaxies... But you got shit personality. Mm-hmm. You got no social skills. You got no idea camouflage. <clears throat> you know, like a good, I would say a good soldier is an all around sur- soldier. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, what about the guy that built the tank? Maybe he just like I've made this tank. It's the best tank. And then he takes it in the war. Like, look at me, guys. Check out my tank. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's supposed to be quiet. Well, does that make sense? What I'm talking about? I do. I, I see what you're saying. But isn't that like, the, the concept of a society to where everybody has their own thing and, and we all pull our own weight and for the greater good of the team? Well, all right. This is. Oh, it's no doubt I've been getting more and more skeptical <laughs> with the more research that happens. <laughs> but so the aliens are going to come here. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be, this is, the, well, this is the form that we'll take. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the human form. Mm-hmm. For the purpose of disguising themselves to infiltrate and to do some recon. But how is it infiltrating? If it's like, how's it going? My name's Valiant and I'm an alien. Well, this is one specific example that we're going to get into where he, he wasn't trying to disguise himself. But, okay. He, Valiant Thor, who will explain in a minute. I know that alien isn't a fucking uh, bottle of spicy mustard. That's less. That's <laughs> less work. It's an alien. It can be whatever. It, if it's, you already believe in aliens, believe and they can be whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, or believe in the concept from that movie that we're all m- molecular items, no matter what we are, mm-hmm. and that's just a reconfiguration of molecules that already exist. Hmm. Well, so you're saying you don't think that that's a possibility, that an alien from another galaxy, from another planet, could come down here and... I think it's a possibility. I don't think this fucking guy is. You don't think... Well, let's talk about him, all right? Let's talk about old Val Valiant Thor, uh, first referenced on this podcast uh, when we were talking about uh, Phil Schneider, that uh, wackadoo who shot and killed some aliens, and he also shot and killed a government agent. Yeah. Uh, but during his speech that uh, we were talking about back in September 95 at the uh, Preparedness Expo, where he kind of uh, reveals what happened in uh, Dulce, New Mexico, with the, um, the underground battle uh, with aliens that, ki- that uh, killed, 60, I think, 66 um, U.S. soldiers. Yeah. Anyway, during that speech, he mentions Val Valiant Thor, and he said he had met him, he knew him, Valvania Thor was uh, was an alien who came down and uh, looked just like a human, and he claimed he was from the planet Venus. Why, why are we saying Val Valiant Thor? Yeah, is, is Val his nickname? I don't know. It's always referred to as Val Valiant Thor. 
Which, by the way, who named him that? Was that a self-appointed name? Well, keep him. Also, his second in command is Jill. <laughs> Fucking Jill, the yeah. alien known as Jill. <laughs> Maybe that's just them taking human uh, names. His crew of three: Jill, Don, and Tanya. <laughs> These fucking idiots. No, I'm gonna. I'm, ta- I'm Tanya the alien. Just, just relax. Tanya the extraterrestrial who runs the cell phone kiosk at the Glendale Galleria. Um, it is claimed that uh, Valiant Thor. Uh, he looked exactly like a human. He worked with the U.S. government for about three years. Although Phil Schneider, during his speech, claimed at that time, back in '95, that Valiant Thor had been working and living uh, for 58 years. Back at in '95, uh, Phil claimed that Val had an IQ of 1,200, spoke over 100 languages. Now, there's actually several photos and sources verifying his how existence. How is IQ a scale to test an alien? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know how you would. First of all, I don't know how you would test his IQ. Second of all, I don't know how you would calculate that it's 1,200. You know? Yeah. This guy here is fucking <laughs> yeah 24 times smarter than. Kyle, uh, as, as regular, he got a hundred on his driving test. Like it doesn't. It's an alien. How are you using the same? I don't know. I think it'd be like a, a like a sliding scale. Now there are several pictures of him. However, um, the picture that uh, Phil Schneider showed during that speech, um, the guy he pointed him out and said, "This is Val uh, Valiant Thor right here," and he looks completely different than some of the other pictures. Um, there's this guy named Dr. Frank Stranges. I don't know if it's Strange or Stranges. It's got an S on the end, but anyway, he wrote a book called Stranger at the Pentagon. It's published back in 67. Now, Dr. Stranges, he was a preacher. He's a freelance investigator and a UFO hunter. Back in 58, he was given some photos of Valiant Thor by whom I don't know. And he was using these photos as proof during his lecture tour on UFOs. He would go around and tour and give lectures about UFOs. And he was also an Arthur, an, I always say Arthur, author at uh, one of these lectures while promoting his new book, Saucerama. I think that's just a. Uh, I think it's Saucerama. I think. Not uh, Saucerama. Oh. That would be like a. Yeah, I was thinking it's a book about salsa or something. I would think it was like, like a pasta restaurant. Yeah. You could do like all kinds. You that, want pesto? That, that Come makes, to Rama. That makes more sense. Saucer Rama. Yeah. yeah, I misread that in my notes. Um, Back when scientists still called them, these so-called scientists are also flying saucer. Also, dishware yeah. with flight is the, the, the technical term we're still using as scientists, so people will take us seriously. <laughs> So, uh, Dr. Stranges, he was approached uh, back in 58 at one of these uh, uh, lectures. Saucerama. <laughs> he was approached by a woman. This is not real. Just shut up. <laughs> he was approached by a woman <laughs> named Nancy Warren. She was a Pentagon insider. She offered him a chance to meet Valiant Thor. She comes up and goes, hey, Dr. Strange, you want to go meet Valiant Thor? I know him. Backstage passes. Yeah. He's the a, alien show. He's a friend of my cousin. Um, <laughs> so he did. and uh, Blow six Secret Service guys to get backstage. He went later uh, and met with Valiant Thor. And uh, that's uh, these meetings and interviews were the basis of his book, uh, Stranger at the Pentagon. Now, get, okay, so here's basically uh, the Cliff Notes version of what Valiant Thor told Dr. Strange's 
of uh, his origin story in regards to him being on this planet. Mm. March 16th, 1957, Alexandria, Virginia. Val, operating under the direction of the Central Control, which I don't know what the hell that is, he landed his craft and was met by two cops. So he, he landed his flying saucer in a big field in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of D.C. Two cops show up. They draw their guns. They're like, what the shit? These cops, uh, okay, Val exits the spacecraft and does some sort of mind control over these cops to kind of let them know that he's not a threat. So they they drop their gun, not drop, but they, they lower their weapons. They have a quick conversation. The cops then escorted Val in their police car uh, into Washington, D.C., where they were met by the Secretary of Defense, as well as a large number of officers from several different law enforcement agencies. So... So he lands. He just lands his spaceship, gets out, and he's like, "Hey, I, oh, oh I, I skipped over this." He goes, "I want to. I want to talk to President Eisenhower." So imagine, imagine trying that today, like that idiot with the rocket, the uh, flat Earth guy. What if he just landed in DC and want to? Hey, I want to go speak to the president. He's not. He's landing thirty feet away from that thing. Takes <laughs> off in a thousand pieces. That's my problem. Like, why? Okay. Aliens can travel here mm-hmm. from other galaxies. He's from Venus. Sure. Uh-huh. But they still have to traditionally land and also still need a ride to the other guy's house. Well, this was back in 57. The technology wasn't Yeah, they needed today. another few years to catch up. <laughs> That's my thing. Like, all right, no, we, it can travel through galaxies, mm-hmm. but it still needs a field... To land in. Like, you can't just beam down. We don't know, Kyle. You don't know. But what I'm saying, it's, we're, apply, we're, we're letting our imagination run wild with the idea of aliens, but then we're applying everything that we, only, that we can only grasp as humans to this wild idea. Uh-huh. And that's my problem. Aliens can fly through space or travel through time, but they still need a parking space. <laughs> and they look like us. Yeah. All right, so this is where it gets good. Okay. All right. Sure. Val was initially taken to the Pentagon. So they all, all these officers and military people. His name's people. Valiant Thor. Yeah, Valiant Thor. Two, what are the best words in the English language to, to call myself to convince people I'm an alien? Ooh, Valiant Thor. It's a pretty majestic name. It is. Great band. Yeah, yeah. He was taken to the Pentagon. Uh, then he, along with a large group of military personnel, they boarded an underground train and went directly to the White House. So, and he, this is, by the way, just to reiterate, this is his account. He's telling this information to Dr. Stranges. So he said they went to the Pentagon, met for a few minutes with some folks. They went uh, several stories underground, got into a, uh, a train, underground train. Then they went to the White House, and uh, six officials, six armed guards, and three Secret Service agents. That sounds like a seven year old telling story. Escorted him to the office of President Eisenhower. So then he went and met with Eisenhower. And that's when we got the biggest pizza I ever saw. <laughs> and it was delivered by naked ladies. So now he's in, he's in the Oval Office. He's meeting with Eisenhower. And uh, he goes on to talk about how when he went to greet him, he, shook it, he, he stuck out his hand and all the, all the Secret Service guys pulled out their guns. And then Eisenhower had to call him off like, no, nah, it's okay. So uh, they talked for a little bit. Then Val invited Eisenhower to visit his spaceship that I guess is still parked out in the field in Alexandria. Eisenhower stated, quote, 
that he could not come. Uh, he said, I cannot come and go as I please. There are too many security measures to consider. So he doesn't take him up on his visit. So they meet, but they still uh, they still meet for a few minutes. And uh, Vice President Richard Nixon was there. Uh, he met with him. So after their brief meeting, uh, the officials then escort, escorted Val to a nearby furnished apartment where he lived for the next three years as he worked while he worked at the Pentagon. Where did he park his spaceship? I don't know. They probably got impounded. Some long term? Yeah, that's a great question. Like, yeah, what did they do with the spaceship? That side note story. Uh, <clears throat> I ever tell you about when uh, an ex of mine? She got her car towed, and she was at the impound lot. And because it's like a Hollywood impound lot, there's like a guy in a little cart taking her out to where her car is. And there was a UFO, like a fiberglass prop. <clears throat> it was like she was like, "Oh, it's a UFO." He's like, "Yeah, it's not real though." <laughs> Like just, just deadpan. Like it's not real, though. Like, oh, okay. I was gonna get excited that there was a UFO. We were so stoked last night when it came in. But uh, <laughs> upon further investigation, I would love that. I would love the 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 plots of Gone in sixty seconds to cross with an alien movie, where like God. we need all these cars. And a UFO. <laughs> like, I want that movie to be like, I want a, I want a, a 62 Ferrari Spider and a 2,138 XJ97 <laughs> intergalactic spacecraft. Angelina Jolie with her white girl dreads is just uh, uh, picking. They're going to kill my brother if <laughs> I don't find this spaceship. <laughs> that is one of the best, just like dumb eye candy movies because it's a, such a terrible story. But like, I love all the cars. Car, I just want to see cars do stuff. And then the villain, the the he's a British guy who was character actor, mm-hmm. just the worst dialogue. There's one. Uh, Nicholas Cage's name is Reigns. Oh, Reigns yeah. something. Da- Dallas Reigns. Dallas Reigns. Or is that the? No, Dallas Mountain is the weathercaster. Yeah. There's no. It's Johnny Mountain. Dallas Reigns might be a weather guy in LA. Might be. But I know Reigns something. Yeah. It was either but anyway, so during one of the like the critical scenes where they're fighting each other or something, he pulls a gun on Nicolas Cage and he just says, It doesn't rain. It, it doesn't rain, it pours. And it's like Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been sitting on that one? Like it wasn't even relevant to the conversation yeah. they were having. He just wanted to throw in that dumb little pun. That's why if you're gonna yeah, if you're gonna throw good like make it make it stupid enough. Mm-hmm. But like, like like all the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. But throw a spaceship in number nine. Yeah, that'd be nice. Throw a spaceship in nine. So uh, he li- he works at the Pentagon for three years, and uh, while he's doing this, he, okay, he apparently had on this special uh, space suit. He wore this little uniform. Oh, all right, he wore, he wore a uniform that fit snug like a tunic. Had no cuffs, no pockets, no buttons, no zippers, and uh, scientist. Uh, actually uh, borrowed the uniform and did some tests on it, and uh, they doused it with acid. They drilled it with a diamond-tipped drill bit. They fired a high-velocity rifle at it. None of it caused any damage. Was he just standing there naked while they fuck up his clothes? <laughs> I think maybe it was laundry day. He had he had, a, he had another uniform. Yeah, what's what, what's he wearing in the day off when he when his uh, Im- impenetrable spacesuit is out? He's just lounging like old sw- swim trunks. Yeah. But yeah, so, but yeah, Google, Google Val Valiant Thor FBI, and you'll see. Female body inspector tank top. They just give him <laughs> shit from the gift store while they fuck up his outfit. <laughs> but I don't really know how the story ends. 
Um, but apparently he worked there for three years. And uh, his main objective, he said he came down, and this is kind of a reoccurring theme when uh, aliens visit Earth. But uh, he, he was warning. He wanted to meet with Eisenhower, and, and his, he was concerned that, listen, you guys uh, with all these – uh, nuclear weapons and atomic bombs and whatnot. You uh, you got to be careful careful because you're gonna you're gonna kill off humanity. You're gonna kill yourselves and you're gonna ruin the earth. And uh, so that that seems to be the reoccurring theme when they they, they care yeah. about either they care about mankind, which I don't think so. I think they're more concerned with hey, don't blow up the planet because we want to mine it of all its resources after we enslave you bastards. So I think that was what was going on. Well, well, that means that we're the resource then, because then they would want us to blow each other up so they could take the resources. But what are the resources they want? I'll tell you what happened to them. Nothing. This is bullshit. You think so? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just a fucking dude. Mm-hmm. There's not like there's just three pictures of him mm-hmm. and a story. Mm-hmm. How many other eyewitness accounts of this guy? Um, how many other people dealt with him? What, well, Phil Schneider's, Phil Schneider's dad, Phil Schneider's dad, Looney Phil Schneider's dad, and Phil Schneider himself said he met with him. Oh fucking no! Anything attached to Phil Schneider? No, no. I'm cutting out. I still don't think he committed suicide. I think he was killed. Really? Mm-hmm. But yeah. So anyway, um, uh, well, we've covered that one already. But I think no. I think he killed himself. No, I don't think so. I th- why? Why do you think he was? I, just, I, just, I think he knew too much. It was a hell of a coincidence that uh, this guy got in a firefight, murdered some aliens. It's a coincidence that a crazy person killed himself. <laughs> no, but he even said while he was alive, he's like, yeah, they're trying to kill me. And if I ever wind up dead, they did it. That's what crazy people say before they kill themselves. Yeah, that's what they, you know. That's what uh, the murderers want you to think. They're all out to get me. Mm-hmm. They're all out to get me. Mm-hmm. They got me. All right. Well, there's other uh, there's other officials that think that aliens are walking amongst us. I mean, I'm not denying that plausibility of that idea, mm-hmm. but this case, I got. There's not. I, this is <clears throat> like, no. You don't think so? No. It'd be cool if it was true. I believe in the band. I mm-hmm. believe in Valiant Thor the band. Mm-hmm. They kick ass. <clears throat> I remember Valiant was... I don't want to give away his name. What? What are you trying to say? Val- the singer for Valiant Thor. What about him? He goes, I was playing. I'd met him before, and I was, I was playing a show in Athens. He's like, I was going to come out, man. I was like, all right, what do I put on the guest list? Like, oh, right, right. Like, Mr. Thor... Or Va- Valiant? He's like, nah, it's Herbie. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Put Herbie. <clears throat> um, I hope I didn't blow a secret. <clears throat> There's another guy, this guy named Paul Hellyer. He was a uh, former uh, well-regarded Canadian defense minister. Uh, after he retired, he claimed that aliens are in fact real and have been walking amongst, uh, amongst us for thousands of years. Okay. And uh, he, he had some sort of inside source. He had uh, accused world leaders of concealing vital information about the existence of aliens and, uh, man, he claims information been kept from the public under the alleged truth embargo amid fears of the impact it would have on religion and the rule of law. So he thinks that's why uh, officials don't want to, you know, reveal that it's common knowledge or a fact that aliens exist because then it would throw off the whole 
the whole religious angle, the whole meaning of life. Well, that's the, again going back to the quantum physics idea that that would like <clears throat> acceptance of that would make people realize that religion is not this false control issue mm-hmm. just made. Like, also, if aliens would walk around with us for thousands of years, doesn't that just make them us? Boy, you just you just know? turn the table. How I mean, how long do they? I mean, maybe after a while they're like, I've, I'm like, fuck it, man, I'm here, I live here. Yeah, but I think the how point is they're reporting back to their homeland with with information and intelligence about what's going on. I mean, what? Honestly, I don't think there's anything. <clears throat> Whether they call that the plausible deniability mm-hmm. like I think that's the real government is some not shadow government but like fucking Trump Trump's a fucking clown show distraction for mm-hmm. the actual of course new world order that's going on that's, mm-hmm. that, that, at least not the new world order that's super conspiratorial gonna kill off but like there's no way they're letting him like these guys be the leaders of the free world like God, somebody you would, else you would hope that's true he can't be the leader. They let him play with the steering wheel, but it's an autopilot machine. It's it, things are being handled. Like that—that's what I think. So again, so again, if if there's aliens reporting back, then they're dealing with this other tier of government mm-hmm. that the president. Does. I want to know about this. Nope. Yeah, you'd like to think that they're not having meetings with. Yeah, old you Donald. Don't, you don't get to see all the stuff, especially. Speaking of which, you see last week where he was. Uh, giving a speech in front of a bunch of Native Americans. Oh yeah, and, and then uh, referred to uh, uh, Nancy was it Nancy Warren. Yeah, uh, as, as, as or is Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, that's yeah. Pocahontas because I guess at one point she claimed she had Native American heritage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good good job, good job in front of. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's not that's not any secret. Uh, he's a fucking asshole. I mean, it's not a topic that needs to be. That's true. Does, does anybody need to hear more outrage about it? <laughs> All right, so thumbs down on Valiant Thor, huh? I can't even, like, it's just, no, no. Well, ever since I've been researching this. The guy with a magic suit who still needed to park his fucking spaceship in another state to visit the president. That's like Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh, no, I live at the North Pole. And I can fly everywhere, but only once a year. (laughs) All week. Every time I'm out in public, I'm looking for aliens. I know, Dave. But like used to, I would look in the sky. But now, it's I'm just looking. Chinese buffet at something <laughs> Western. You're going to be like one of these people, like, they were talking in a language I didn't understand, and they were just arguing with each other. I think they're aliens. Like, no, Dave, they're Croatian. That's what they speak in Croatia. <laughs> Dude. They were wearing the same outfits. Yeah. Oh, they worked there. <laughs> I forgot to mention this. Uh, Valiant Thor told Dr. Stranges that there are, at the time, I don't know about now, but at the time when he interviewed him uh, back in the 60s, that there were 77 uh, of his fellow aliens from the planet Venus currently walking the Earth, living and walking amongst us. 77. So it was 77 Venus weirdos. Down here, disguised as humans. I just can't get that concept out of my mind. I love it. I love just looking at a crowd of people and be which one to use. Which one to use the alien? Start tugging on people's hats. That's why we gotta. 
Just listen to Misfits Walk Among Us. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Should we put this one to bed? I think so. I'm not, I'm not saying there's no aliens, but I'm not... Not feeling this guy. Speaking of aliens, That's I got too a perfect of a name. I'm Valiant Thor, and this is Jill and Tanya and Don. <laughs> there is that picture where he's got his crew with him, the two gals. Yeah. And they just look like regular gals from the 60s. Yeah, they all do. Yeah, because they are. We have an alien themed recipe. Oh, yeah? Christmas time recipe. <laughs> Christmas alien recipe? Christmas well, uh, this is an angle I haven't <laughs> heard. Alien in the sense that uh, hard-boiled eggs look like alien skulls. Man, I love hard-boiled eggs. Love hard-boiled yeah, eggs. Love you know what you do with a hard-boiled egg? You turn that shit into a deviled egg. And you know what's better than a deviled egg, Kyle? Well, that's what I was assuming, a deviled egg. Well, yeah. But you know, you just have. What if that was my recipe? Just hard-boiled eggs. I got to look it up every time. <laughs> I got to look it up every time because I don't know how long yeah. with the heat and then yeah. to turn it down and then to put it into cold turn water. Turn it down, leave it. Yeah. Uh, you know what's better than a deviled egg? A I mean, a lot of stuff. Pickled deviled egg. Pickle the eggs. Pickle the egg white. Yeah. Turn that yeah. shit. Let's do. Yeah. Let's do a dozen uh, pickled deviled eggs let's real do quick. Them. All right. Twelve hard-boiled eggs, peeled. Uh, quarter cup of mayo, all right, in a bowl, quarter cup of mayo, quarter cup of sour cream, tablespoon of Dijon mustard, spicy brown mustard is what I use, uh, tablespoon of fresh lemon juice, quarter teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of pepper, two tablespoons of finely chopped fresh dill or chives, you can dill or, or chives, so that's, uh, that's what's going on in, in, the, uh, in the yolk mixture, and then we're going to have a marinade, which is a one jar, one 16 ounce jar of beets, one cup of water, one cup of distilled white vinegar. So here's what we do. Boil those eggs up, uh, let them cool, cut them lengthwise in half, remove the yolks, throw them in a, in a bowl, all right? And then you save those other 20 uh, white halves. And, um, yeah, so there you go. You do that. Oh, yeah, and finally chop uh, the four white halves. So you're going you're gonna to take about 10 of them and use them for the actual eggs, and you're going to keep two and throw them, chop them up and throw them into the mixture. So anyway... Um, Throw all those ingredients, minus the egg whites, uh, into a bowl. Mash them with a fork. Then throw in the two, uh, the four halves of the chopped whites. Mayonnaise, sour cream, mustard, lemon juice, salt, pepper, all that shit. Mix it up real good. Uh, put it in a bowl. Refrigerate it for a little bit. Then, meanwhile, drain that jar of beets and uh, hang on to the juice. Should be about two-thirds of a cup. And then uh, set the beets aside for another use. You can do something else with those damn beets. But combine the beet juice with the water and the vinegar. I love them. beets. And then uh, in another bowl. And then take the egg whites, um, cut side down in a shallow container, right, and pour that marinade all over the eggs. And you want to refrigerate those for at least two hours, preferably overnight. And you want to turn them occasionally just so, you know, the whole thing's getting submerged. And then, uh, yeah, pull those egg whites out the next day. And uh, take that mixture, spoon that shit in there, and uh, maybe throw in some little paprika, something like that. Boom, you got pickled deviled eggs, which will be a hit at your upcoming holiday festivities. <clears throat> I agree with that entirely. God damn, I like a You can even shave some Parmesan cheese, use that as a topper, maybe shave some ham. I've seen like like a sliced 
uh, Spanish olive. Oh, yes. Got yeah. A piece of ham on there. Oh, man. <clears throat> this, you can do some crab meat. You can do some red bell pepper, celery, anything. Anything you can imagine. Just, you know, cut it, chop it up real fine. Garnish that shit. Mm. Pickled deviled eggs. I told you about Rachel eating nine white egg yolks, right? All day. Nine white egg yolks. I didn't tell you about that. Nine white egg yolks. She was baking, she was baking stuff. Did I tell us one on the other episode? No. She was uh-uh. baking stuff, so she needed egg yolks. Uh-huh. So she took the egg yolks out. She was in a jar in a fridge uh-huh. of what looked questionable. So she needed egg, the yolks egg, for the yes, baking. Egg whites. Nine egg whites. Yeah. Just ate them in one meal. That's pretty good. Like a super soldier. Yeah. Yeah. I was scared of her that day. She was yeah. strong that day. Be careful. Real strong. Be careful with that, Gail. Who we got for Comic of the Week? Uh, my good pal C.J. Sullivan from Chicago. He is a uh, he's just the funniest guy in Chicago when we're doing comedy. Like everybody's like, I mean Chicago, and everybody's like, okay, good comics coming out of him. C.J.'s the funniest dude. Oh yeah, C.J. is always the funniest dude. Awesome. Yeah, he's still there. Uh, no, he's here now. He's made it to L.A. We were all surprised. Cool. We never thought he was going to leave. Yeah, but he's out in L.A. now. He's got an album called "What Am I Complaining About." That's out. Well, it's out November thirtieth. When does this come out? December fifth. December fifth. Then it'll be out. Today's December fifth. It's gonna be on iTunes. Go listen to CJ. He's That's fucking. Cool. He's ridiculous. And uh, was he there when when you were there? Yeah. yeah all came yeah, up together. Part, yeah, part of the whole scene. But he was the one. Like oh, everybody's gonna watch. You know, like <clears throat> the comics. Like all right, so and so's funny, but we know the material. Oh, you're gonna do those jokes? Okay, you're working on you polishing those. But CJ's like, oh, CJ's on. That's the one everybody goes back in the room for. Yeah. Oh, that's the biggest compliment. Yeah, yeah. CJ's on. So- sorry. No, can't talk. CJ's on. It's the ultimate measuring stick amongst comics. Yeah. CJ Selvin, Brady Novak, all these guys. Yeah. But CJ's one of those guys like, no, CJ's on. So go see him now. He tours with TJ Miller a lot. Nice. So him and Nick Vaderat. But he's got an album out on uh, Comedians You Should Know Records. And uh, yeah, go, go get it. It's on iTunes. Cool, man. Anything to plug? Any dates? Where are you at this week? Yeah, I'm at nowhere this week. Yeah? I'm going to be at Hawaiian Brian's on the 16th. That's all I'm doing. We don't even know when this one's coming out. It's coming out December 5th. Today's December 5th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Are you a time-traveling alien? Is uh, yeah. that what you've been trying to lead up? That's true. That you've been living in a van mm-hmm. this whole time because you're an alien patrol, you're a justice <laughs> alien? I, I got some dates this week. Uh, start my tour. Uh, Friday the 8th. Yeah, that's Friday. Uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, I'll be at the Green Room. On the 9th, I'll be in Houston at the Secret Group. 11th, Baton Rouge, Louisiana at Spanish Moon. Uh, just added uh, December 12th, Columbus, Mississippi at the Princess Theater. And then from there, Huntsville, Nashville, Atlanta, Asheville, Richmond, Virginia, Jacksonville, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. So that's, uh, that's some dates I got coming up. So yeah, get on that. Come, come holler at your boy. Uh, also, uh, Dave Stone's Kitchen Survival Guide, out right now. 25 of my favorite recipes, 10 bucks. Uh, just holler at me on Twitter. I'll tell you how you can get that shit. And, uh, yeah, for your for all your holiday festivities, you gotta got to be prepared if you're going to be cooking coming up in a few that weeks. That is a good holiday. That's a good holiday idea. Mm-hmm. The second deck. Get the recipe yeah. book for the, ho- for the holidays. Yeah. Surprise your, your family. Yeah. I leave for tour this week. I could use uh, an extra 10 bucks here or there to put some old... Old gas in the van. I'm taking the van cross country. I'm leaving today. Well, be safe out there. Yeah, gonna get into it, man. It's gonna be fun. It's the band guy said. Keep the keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. I feel like you just made that up. No, 
That's what that's like an old band touring thing. Oh. Like a like a drive safe. Gotcha. Yeah. Shiny side up and a greasy side down. Keep it between the ditches. Alright, buddy. Alright, man. Holla at you boys. The Boogie Monster. Bye. Bye. Bye.